Welcome to the Rare Faith Podcast, where the solution to every problem is only an idea away, and where the same activity with just a little more awareness always yields better results. Award-winning, best-selling author, Leslie Householder, brings some of her best information to this inspiring series of life-changing episodes that you won't want to miss. Show notes for this episode can be found at rarekindoffaith.com. Hello, everyone. It's Heather Matter, and I have Leslie Householder on the phone today. Hey, Leslie, how you doing? Good, Heather. Good to be here. Good. I'm glad that you're here. We're really excited because we have an amazing call for you tonight. It is how to work less and achieve more. How can you overcome the blocks and the obstacles that have been in your way? So we have this goal. We have this end. We have this thing that we are wanting to achieve. And yet we constantly find that things are in our way. What I would like you to know and understand is those very things that are in your way can become your greatest assets. That what you have felt to be one of your biggest weaknesses can actually turn into your greatest strength. And the way that you do that all depends on who you become as you face these things. And the outlook that you have as you are facing the things that you have been calling poverty or that you have been calling just this intense fear or maybe there's some discord in your marriage or with your spouse or something that's in the way. And until this night, you might have been looking at that as something that's wrong with your life. But after this call, and I say this with love, there will not be any more excuses or storytelling because we want to give you a formula or a format so that you can overcome these particular obstacles. So, Leslie, you have a lot of training, you have a lot of experience in this, and you do a lot of wonderful teaching on that. What would you say about what I've been sharing so far? You've described my life. (laughs) I look back on uh, especially the first seven years or so of my marriage when we were struggling so badly to a point where my, my mental state was just on the verge of, breakdown i i mean i literally called the police on a kid who broke my broom and later on a five-year-old who stole cookie dough out of my fridge that's where my mind was at the time and how frustrated i was about our financial situation but what i didn't realize at the time was that those experiences i was going through was giving me experience and giving me perspective and giving me a passion to share the solution when i finally discovered it I see it as God orchestrating a purpose for me, right. and that's what it became. And like you said, the thing that is your greatest weakness, if approached right, and if if you look at it in the right way and respond to it in the right way, it becomes a great blessing to you and many others. Okay, so I want to ask you this because I love that story about how you called the cops on somebody that broke your broom. Did you know, and I don't even think you know this, but I actually read that on your website like a year or before I met you and everyone was like, you have to meet Leslie Householder. And I was like, this chick, I love her. This is absolutely amazing that you would reveal that. Oh, I reveal all kinds of things. (laughs) I know. Well, so do I. (laughs) But then, but then see where you are now and how far you've gone beyond that. Tell me, what do you think is one of the things that stops people from making that kind of progress? Because you have lightning speed progress. One of the biggest challenges that people face is 
not really having a hope or belief that there is a solution or that there is a way out or that th that things can change permanently. And I think that's the that's got to be the biggest challenge because you know as they say hope is a poor man's bread. If you haven't got hope, then you're really you're really stuck. Even more so than a person who has hope and feels stuck, it has to begin with hope. And I've found that the way I was able to find hope every time I was feeling despair, and it was regularly, is by listening to other people who had experiences and stories where they overcame, allowing myself to be inspired by other people's examples, and getting around people who had the kind of lifestyle that I wanted to develop for myself. You know what else I know about you? As we sat down and had all those great salads at Wildflower Bread Company, that you went to seminar after seminar after seminar, and that you act, you never stopped searching until you found the solution. And that, I want to add to that for our listeners, that, that's another particular thing that I think is so powerful. All right, so let's look right here at our, our content tonight, because I have really coached a lot of people, and I have seen some of them take their talent, take what they love, what they're good at, and go so far with it. And then I've seen others that they just barely inch along. And then for other people, I've seen it die completely. And there's so many things that get in the way for other people. But I'm going to choose three particular things tonight that I feel are what I call mind viruses. That when you have this virus in your system, it kills your productivity, it kills your energy, and it kills your genius and your ability to overcome. So let's just establish a couple of principles here. That as you are on what I love to call a change maker path, it's anyone who has a gift, a talent, a skill, a product that makes other people's lives better. You have a mission. You have a voice. You have a book inside of you. If you did not have that idea, then there wouldn't be people in the world for it. Because you have that very idea, there is a place in the world for it. And this path of being a change maker to establish some facts. Number one, it is full of obstacles. Number two, the obstacles are there to increase your strength, your ability, and to increase your understanding. Now, in that context, there are three particular things that I call mind viruses that will absolutely kill it and kill your path. Number one, I don't think I'm good enough. I have never coached anyone that did not have the secret fear that they weren't enough. I have never found anyone, even the people that seem the most confident, even prideful or a little cocky, you might say, underneath that mask, there is that fear. I don't have what it takes. I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as I think I am. I'm not as good as my mom says I am or whomever says I am. And that fear gets in the way and completely cuts our power. So what's the truth that will set us free? Because for every lie that creates pain and suffering, there is an equal or greater truth that will create freedom, power, and liberty. So what is the truth to that? I know that you were born enough. You were born enough. You were born good enough. This is the way that we have been created. I know that we were created in a state of 
being enough, of having perfect worth. And then what happened to us as we started to grow in this world that we're in, there's good and there is evil. There's light and dark. There's love and hate. And there's a situation of opposition for us. And so just like a person who's really, really healthy might walk into a place where people are coughing and sick and they have all these germs, they will catch those things, those viruses, and then they become sick. Well, what's happened for us is there are so many false beliefs that run in our culture, our society, our neighborhood, that we catch those viruses, those feelings of fear, insecurity, scarcity, not enoughness, And then we live it out as though it is true. And we become so accustomed to it that the lunacy becomes normal. That being sick, we don't even know that we are. So what is the truth that combats that? That we were created to be enough. And everyone is perfectly equal. And every single one of you has a unique contribution to make to the world. It is unique to you. And the only thing that matters is that you give it and experience it in your own fullest measure. So let's say you have a five-inch circle or somebody else has a hundred-inch circle or let's say it's an eight-inch square. Whatever shape it is, whatever capacity is, when you fill that to its fullest capacity or measure, then it becomes full at 100%. And so you never can compare to somebody else. The only thing that matters is am I living my own fullest contribution? And Leslie, I don't know if you experience this sometimes, but because I know so many people who are so talented, I still find myself getting an insecurity and I still find myself needing this lesson, this truth at even a deeper level. One thing that I've, and this may be just my own personal conclusion, to the things I've experienced, especially in the last 10 years, one of the biggest things that helped us break through after that, the old story, you know, have our first breakthrough, was to discover and, and learn about certain laws and principles that govern success, that govern prosperity, that govern happiness, health, wealth, all of those things. And I realized that I was trying to live according to one particular principle, expecting the blessing that was connected to the other principle and living frustrated because they weren't related to each other, but I was expecting the benefit. And so what I had to do is gain an education around what those laws and principles are. And about the not being good enough, not feeling good enough, I, I still wrestle with that because one thing I know for sure is that these laws are laws because they are absolute and because it's like gravity. You might not believe in gravity and you might not like gravity, but it's going to have its effect on you whether or not you understand it, whether or not you know it's there, and whether or not you abide by the principles that will help you work with it in a good way. And so what I've discovered is that in order to succeed, you have to live according to these certain laws and principles. The problem is none of us, none of us, nobody on this planet lives them perfectly. But by the mere name that they are called laws, it would presuppose that you have to abide them perfectly to get perfect results. And so I acknowledge that I am not perfect at living them. Nobody is. 
But the good news is, is that our Creator has provided a way for those demands of the laws to be met if you rely on our Creator, a power higher than yourself. And so when I think about anything good that I've ever accomplished, any any success that I've achieved, honestly, I did not deserve it. I did not. I was not worthy of it by the definition of living by a law perfectly. I came short. But because I relied on a higher power, it was able to be satisfied anyway. And honestly, I know of no other way. That's the only way I know. So just between you and me and those listening to the call, when when I hear when I hear people teach that we are already worthy of everything, that is a principle, that is a that is a teaching of to help us overcome the false beliefs that the success is out of our reach. But I know that taken too far, it can also create traps that I've experienced personally, and that's why I bring this up right now. So, One of the things that you say is really powerful because if you live a particular law, so give our listeners an example of one particular law that would help them to create more with what they've been given. For example, there is the law of polarity. Law of polarity states that in every situation, in every circumstance, in every occurrence, nothing that happens to us is fundamentally good or bad. It may feel bad, but because of the law of polarity, we know that contained within that experience is the seed of equal or greater benefit, as Napoleon Hill said. And so to abide by that law means that when something bad happens to you, you rely on this principle or this law of polarity to know that, oh, if this is really, really bad, then contained within it is something really, really tremendous. If it's only a little right. bit bad, then it's really only a little bit good. And so the the worse our life looks, the greater the opportunity is ours and the more blessed we really are. And so to abide by the law is to look at your situation in that context, with that perspective. And as you do, as you can look at your situation with the law of polarity in mind, you can still live in gratitude, you can still be happy, and you can still be excited about your life even in the darkest and most turbulent times. Right. Awesome. One of the laws that I live by is that everything that I think, everything that I feel, all of my internal beliefs create external realities. And so I look at my life, and if I see mixed results, it's because I am still learning to perfect and to live those laws. And I'm literally still learning how to think in a way that is useful to me and how to end up thinking up instead of down. And so I'm going to go into our next principle, and that is that I can't do it or that I don't deserve this or that I'm not worthy of it. You brought that up, and I think it's interesting because we have to live by laws. We absolutely, everything is created through the laws and the powers of creation in the world. And if I think, okay, I cannot do this, I don't know how to do this, this isn't working for me, then I continue to send out that energy and I continue to have those types of experiences. And one of the things that I have really truly found is that there are so many times in my life where I kept working and working and working towards the results. Let me give an example. So in my company for a long time, I was working so hard and I kept feeling like I was alone. And I kept feeling like, okay, I would bring... This last year, for example, I would bring in new staff and it wouldn't be right. 
they wouldn't do things right. And I did not feel supported. I felt like I was doing everything all on my own. So I went to one of my coaches, and we looked at me that in my life, younger, much, much younger, around the age of 12 years old, my parents got divorced. And I was the oldest, and I often was taking care of my brother, taking care of my sister, taking care of the yard, and, and my parents did the best that they could. This is nothing about them. But I took on the belief at that time that it's all on me. And because I took on that particular belief and it stayed in my mind, it stayed in my subconscious, and I was continually running that pattern again and again. As I got older, teenage years, same type of experiences. Early 20s, same types of experiences. Mid-30s, running a company, it's no surprise that I'm having the same situation show up in new packages. Same, same new packages. It's all on me. And what I was doing before was I was blaming other people, saying life is difficult, life is hard, I'm the only one who's accountable, responsible, hardworking, lovely, lovely victim story. But yet I forgot to look inside and see the beliefs that were creating those experiences. But I noticed with so many of our clients that some of them were just flying through it and others were getting stuck and stuck and stuck because they had these mind viruses. They had these beliefs that were totally and completely getting in their way. So they were forgetting to look at the internal landscape for which they were creating their lives. So what are your thoughts on that or your experience with that, Leslie? So what I have a question for you that I think the listeners may be wondering as well. Can you share what you did to overcome that for yourself? And, and how would you interpret or what did you learn from seeing that same package show up again and again and again Awesome question. I'm glad you asked it. Well, I've done this belief breakthrough process probably one to two hundred times. I mean, I do it every week. For yourself? Every week, yes. Every week. For myself or with another coach who will do it with me. So I'll use this one example. Just like I said this before, for every lie that create or every false belief or every lie that creates pain and suffering, there is an equal or greater truth that will create freedom and liberty and power and all the other things that we desire. Well, I remember this one particular time that I was I was really overloaded, and I know, Leslie, you know what this is like. It's just taking care of oh, a family never felt and overloaded. a company. <laughs> and if you feel that, and I was just really feeling the weight of that. So we were clearing, and, and I just used the word clearing in the sense that if I have a garden and I have all these weeds, I want to clear the ground. So I want to pull those particular things out. I want to look at the belief system. I want to look at my paradigm. I want to look at the lenses through which I've been looking at my life. And I started to see those false beliefs. I am alone. It's all on me. I don't have any help. And then I started to look at those, and I know that every belief creates a reality. So I found the belief, and I'm already living the reality. So then we do uh, something that I simply call it reprogramming. I know that our minds are like supercomputers and we are so amazingly brilliant that we can literally reprogram our thoughts. So I went through a reprogramming process where I changed, pulled out those false beliefs, those weeds that I don't want there, and I put in new truths. And the new truths were, 
I am surrounded by love. I am surrounded by support. I have loyal, strong, hardworking people who show up to support me. And immediately I started to feel a shift and the reality changed. And I actually had, this was actually really quite a spiritual experience for me because the coach that I was working with, she said, I feel impressed to ask you if you will allow your mind to open for a minute and perceive all of the help that is available to you in the physical and in the spiritual dimensions. And I did that, and I felt this, Leslie, it was like a crowd. I felt so supported, like that everything around me in the world was cheering me on and moving me forward and would show up to just spontaneously help me out. And from that time forward, my perception changed. And guess what else changed? The reality changed. The experiences changed because that's how it shifted. Great example. Thank you very much. Okay, I'm going to go into the third principle, and then Leslie's going to teach you a lot about tapping into your genius and overcoming obstacles. And this is number three, literally, for me, kept me stuck for five years. Now, if any of you know my story, I worked really hard for five years and could barely pay my bills. And I loved what I did. I loved teaching people for free. I thought it was wonderful. But I did not know how to take what I knew and get it to a lot of people. I didn't know how to take what I knew and actually make money from that. So I loved what I was doing, but I was really, really limited. And I I love this. I've said this many times. I'll say it many more. You don't get paid what other people think you're worth. You get paid what you think you're worth. And so, and I, I just did not know how, not just to feel that I have value in myself, but literally, I don't know what to put on a website. I have no idea how to make an audio download on the computer. I mean, all of these things. And so those obstacles kept me stuck, kept me stuck, kept me in denial, would get me into shutdown. And it was completely false. And then I remember the turning moment. It was such a pivotal landmark moment. It was about a year ago, and I just, I could feel this fire. And I'm sure that some of you have felt that, like this desire inside. It's like lava in a good way running through your veins or my veins. I just felt it. And I was sitting at this little lake by my house. I was feeling all that, but I felt so much fear. Like, I just don't know how to do this. I want to be successful. I see myself traveling all over and on these big stages and I don't know how to get there. So I made a commitment that day. I remember it. I'll always remember it looking out of the water and I just said, I will find a way. Whatever it takes, whatever I do not know, I will learn it. Whatever is in my way, I will overcome it. And it was this promise to myself and from that time forward, I started to study business, study marketing, study websites, study all of these things. And within a year's time, from barely being able to pay my bills, had sold over $120,000 of coaching programs and products in under 12 months, or right around 12 months. So that, that's really Leslie's specialty. 
that's really your specialty, Leslie, I, I think, in overcoming these and tapping into your genius. So I would really love to hear what you have to say about that. How would you coach people on how to get over this block or mind virus? Yeah, you know, over the years, my own message has evolved. It's interesting because I get most passionate about the thing that I have most recently figured out on my own, if that makes sense. And so, you know, it began primarily with teaching the principles and the laws of success. And then it's kind of evolved to boiling all of that down into the premise that the solution to every problem is only an idea away whether that idea is something that you've got to come up with, an inspired idea, or whether it's something you need to learn from somebody, or whatever it is, it's really only an idea away. And I like to think about how a radio in the room, when you turn it on, it makes the music audible, but it didn't attract the music. It didn't suck the music into the room. It made the music that was already in the room audible. And so when I think about me like a radio, and I think, okay, I, I put the power on, I wake up for the day, and I've got a problem that I need to solve. And I'm trying to think of the idea that's going to solve the problem, and it's not coming to me. It's because I'm not quite tuned into that particular broadcast. And as Einstein said this, and he's, <laughs> he's one of the most quotable people, I, I love the way he thought. He said that the significant problems we face in life cannot be solved at the same level of thinking we were at when we created them. And so when you think about it, if you come up with an idea to solve your problem, but you haven't changed your beliefs and you haven't changed your emotions, then the broadcast that you're tuned into is going to just give you more of the same. Uh, It's like listening to talk radio on how to create this certain thing in your life, but you've created it and you don't like it, you want something different, you don't want to keep listening to the same station, you need a new station. And so there's a process that you go through to get yourself tuned into a different broadcast, a more inspired broadcast. And there's spiritual ways to describe this. There's scientific ways to describe this. I'm going to describe it in a way that seems to be the most universal, uh, universally understood. There's different vocabulary that you can put in place of some of the words I choose to make it fit your background and belief systems. But it all it all works the same. And that is that if you have on the screen of your mind a picture or an image of something that you don't want, say it's a picture of what things are going to be like in a week if you can't come up with the money you need to, you're looking at the train wreck at the end of the month that's going to happen if you don't solve the problem. Okay, So on the screen of your mind, you've got this image of what you're trying to avoid. That image is going to create emotions in you, and it's going to change your feelings and your state of vibration. I'm just going to say that everything in the world is in a state of vibration. It's a chemistry thing. It's a model that was accepted that seems to explain why elements behave the way they do. So I'm just going to use that term. And all it really is is that a feeling is nothing more than a conscious awareness of a a particular vibration that you're in. And so if you've got this train wreck on the screen of your mind and you've got these emotions that are fear and anxiety over what's going to happen if I don't solve the problem, what's going to happen if I don't get my message out, whatever the fear is, and you try to solve the problem in that vibration, you're on the wrong broadcast. In order to change the broadcast, you need to put on the screen of your mind an image of the way you want things to be instead and generate the feelings that you expect to feel when you've achieved your victory. That changes your vibration. It's like tuning the dial on the radio and 
altering the frequency that you're on. Now, the solution to the problems that you're trying to come up with are in the room with you right now, just like a radio station broadcast is in the room, whether it's audible or not. Mm-hmm. And so as you do that, you're changing your vibration. And let me just put it this way for those who, in a more spiritual context, suppose you pray and are asking for a solution, but you've got the wrong image on the screen of your mind. That solution's there, and it's being broadcast to you, and it's available to you, but you won't pick up on it unless you are asking in faith, which means you're seeing it as though it's already done and being grateful for it before it's yours. So that's just a little snippet to kind of sum up how this process works. Well, let me just jump in and say one of the things that I, I promise to share with everybody is secret stressors that harm you and harm your family. And you talk so powerfully about the fear and the stress. For me, the things that harm your family the most, these are the things that will take you to that lower vibration. It's almost like the difference between, when we talk about vibration, it's almost like just being at um, different levels of living. So the lower you are, the heavier you feel, the heavier life It's almost like walking through a swamp. It's just very, very difficult. And I know a lot of you, life feels like that to you. Your first thing you want to do is say, okay, how am I going to get myself to a higher frequency? Because you can put yourself through so much effort walking through a swamp and only make it 500 feet. But if you jump in an escalator and you go up a couple levels and you raise your level of being, you raise your vibration, and then it's almost like you're just walking on a clear path. And then you can actually jump in that elevator one more time and then go up many, many more levels to where you're on a a moving walkway or you're flying or whatever. And so when you're in a state of stress, fear, and scarcity, those are, they immediately take you to basement level living. They immediately pull you down, and it makes creating so difficult. And just like Leslie said, you're an idea away, but for you, that idea is 10 miles down the road because you can't get to that frequency. So again, everything we're talking about, even though one of my greatest passions is to teach about marketing and websites and business and systems and Internet, but I know without these principles all of those things have such marginal effects. So keep going with your thoughts here, Leslie. You have so much great content on tapping into your genius and how to live from that place. It's a process that can be repeated. It's something that works at every level and it works for any challenge. And it begins with the creative ability you were born with that through the early years is often squelched and buried because we begin to be taught that, oh, we need to stay between the lines or there is only one correct answer to that or whatever it is through our childhood that tells us, you know what, no, there really isn't such thing as a purple giraffe. It's supposed to be yellow with brown spots. you know. And we begin to learn that there are certain guidelines or rules that we must follow in order to fit the mold of what whatever program we're a part of. And the challenge is that on the end of that, we become adults and we have some very serious problems to face and and resolve. And we're looking for someone to tell us how to solve it. 
okay, well, what do we do when we're in this situation? Because we've been trained to do what we're told. And yet I've found that, again, the problems, the, the biggest problems and the most successful people, problems are solved and the people become the most successful who learn to tap into that hidden genius that's inside of them, that spark, that inspiration that is, Sometimes these ideas have never been thought of before that nobody on this planet could ever give it to you because it comes directly from our creator that is not of this world. So I think back to some of the challenges that my husband and I have faced and where we became so desperate and so stuck, and yet we turned around and applied the principles that I teach, especially in Genius Boot Camps, where the next thing that happened is we had an idea that yielded us maybe $44,000 in the next six weeks from zero. And for those who are listening to the call who have already read Jack Rabbit Factor, the principles for coming up with a genius idea is really in the sequel, Portal to Genius. Now, if you haven't read Jack Rabbit Factor, it's free. You can go download it off the Internet. But it's taking it from understanding the principles of success and the laws of thought and then taking that one step further to recognize how to shift your mindset and recognize and then have the courage to follow through on the ideas that come to you. Everybody on this call who is facing a problem, if they've gone through this process where they change their vibration and they get the spark of idea, maybe they've, they already know what the idea is that they need to implement, and yet they're stuck in fear because it's too big and it's too scary. I love what you're teaching. I'm just sitting here loving listening to you. I have a question for you, and I want you to answer it for me and for everybody else. How do you get people, okay, so when somebody's like really in fear, they're really in stress, they have this great idea, this great talent, and I know we've attracted a lot of you who have products or businesses or, or book ideas or songs, how do you like specifically tap into your genius where you get out of the fear and the stress and the scarcity and you get to that place of genius inspiration? How do you do that? Well, the first thing to understand is that the remedy for fear is not courage in my book. In my point of view, the remedy for fear is knowledge. Because once you shine the light on what you you feel afraid of, you recognize that it's not the monster under the bed that you think it is. Right. And right. so the fear is an illusion. And in, in reality, and I'm going to just whip through this, this is deep stuff, and I'm going to do my best to to condense it, but once you take the time to put on the screen of your mind what you're trying to accomplish as though it's already done, allow yourself to answer the question, how will it feel when? Because if you can answer that question, the answer to that question is a feeling, and you answer it with a feeling. You don't answer it with words. So you've got to answer it with a feeling. And then you expect an idea, and you just start writing down what comes to you, no matter how scary it is. And when you go through this, and you get the idea that seems to have showed up faster than you can invent it yourself, pay attention to it. Write it down and take a look at it. And when you consider it in your mind, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make some kind of logical sense that, yeah, that could really work. It's also going to feel right because it came from the right source uh, when you consider the possibility of it. But when you go to take action on it, I guarantee you, you will feel fear. And the reason is because your subconscious mind has got all these beliefs, all these old paradigms, these old beliefs, 
And what it considers to be true is what it considers to be safe, whether or not what you believe is entirely true. So when you hand it a new idea with this exercise of putting it on the screen of your mind and turning it over to the subconscious through emotion or repetition, then deep down it has accepted the new idea as truth, but it has also accepted the old ideas as truth and they contradict each other. And that inner contradiction shows up as a physiological response of anxiety or fear. So really when you feel the fear, and I told you this is the law of polarity in action, when you feel the fear, you can know with certainty that you were successful at turning the new idea over to the subconscious mind, which is trying to help you get to the next place, and that fear is evidence that you have been successful in turning it over. It's just a physiological response. And so that's what my husband and I did when we started to take a a scary step in the right direction and we were overcome with this anxiety. Once we knew, once we had the knowledge of what the fear really is, we'd look at each other with a big grin on our face and say, man, do you feel that? Yeah, I feel sick too. (gasps) Whoa, and we'd get excited instead. I love it. Well, what I've noticed is so often people get shut down and they feel, so here's what happens. You get that spark of inspiration or that feeling okay, yes, I'm going to do this, and then you step out to do it and you start to feel afraid and it gets hard or you share it with somebody and they, you know, they have a negative remark and then it crushes it. And so you have a choice. You either pursue that course, you keep going, you keep moving forward, or you shrink back in like a turtle under its shell and you, you go back to the way things were. And, but and never that, really quite because your mind was expanded, and as Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. said, a mind once expanded never regains its original dimensions. And so, you you know, it's it's, uh, unfortunate that you can't dream and then give up. (laughs) You've got to dream and push through. But that fear is just one step beside the success. You push through it, and you find out that that fear was an illusion. I heard it said that fear knocked at the door, faith answered, and no one was there. I love it. I love it. Well, you know what I think we should do? I think we should keep our word to everybody and um, give them these uh, links. Yeah, the Genius Boot Camp is based on the book Portal to Genius. We're going to go through the the Jackrabbit Factor book, which, again, is free at jackrabbitfactor.com, covers 19 of the principles that I was talking about earlier. The sequel, Portal to Genius, is 137 principles, and we actually take you through a number of exercises to where we reawaken that creativity that you're born with. And by the end of the event, you will have the idea that you came to figure out, to find, and the courage and the battle plan to take it home and carry out the victory. The last Genius Boot Camp that we held, every single person halfway through, we did a survey. How many of you have discovered the idea you came searching for, the one that was out of your reach before, the one that you couldn't figure out before, and every single hand went up and we were only halfway done. And so it's a powerful, powerful experience, and it's a whole lot of fun. The website for that is geniusbootcamp.com. And I highly recommend it if you're thinking about it, do, absolutely. And I, I recommend it to everyone on this call. So again, Leslie, your link is what? Genius, that's G-E-N-I-U-S, bootcamp.com one gal who um, had to travel out of state to get there and she had never been on an airplane before and the fears she had to overcome just to get there inspired me. 
um, and another gal, a life coach and a very influential person in her tribe, does very well, and she used it to uh, have some breakthroughs of her own. She didn't know she needed any, but she had some really powerful ones during that event. So I invite you to come. This is fun. I'm having a good time. Well, this is what I want to do. I want to hear from some of you. This is my favorite part of the call. I love to hear from people. I love to do the coaching. So what I want you to do, if you would like to chat with us, ask us any questions, we're yours for the next 15, 20 minutes. And it looks like the first person up, go ahead and say hello. I don't even know where to start. Um, For me, it was really funny because reading um, the Jackrabbit Factor and funny, my niece, uh, Brittany Smith, works with you, and so it's kind of funny. Oh, that, right, right. So anyway, it's really funny. Um, but between the two of us, we get the creative juices going all the time. And it's been awesome yeah. to kind of support each other in what we're learning and everything. But for me, the problem is no longer, gosh, what can I do? But which one of my talents do I focus on? Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, now there's this wide open world. So I'm, I don't know if it's like, okay, wait and go to the Genius Boot Camp and find my idea or what. Is there anything that has helped you to kind of zero in on which, which one of your talents maybe just to start with? Leslie, you want to go ahead and start? Let me just say this, that once you get really into the groove of this process, you are going to be overwhelmed with more ideas than you have time or a lifetime mm-hmm. <laughs> to even do anything with, and it can be absolutely right. overwhelming. And I, remember I mean, I already, one day I'm like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. And the next yeah. time I'm like, no, no, I really i am going to do this. And I'm like, okay, pick one. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. You, I tell people that when you get an idea, you're, you have an accountability to following through with it. But there is also, and I had to have a coach point this out to me, I was overwhelmed with too many things to choose from. And he said, you know, when you're in the flow of this broadcast of inspired ideas, you're just in the flow of it. And you want to get real quiet and pay attention to the one that comes along that says, this one's for you. Because you're just in the flow of a whole bunch of great ideas and, and a an overabundance of talent and everything else. And so I would strongly suggest just getting in a quiet place where you lay them all out and put some order to your thoughts by putting it on paper and look for the one that seems to stand out to your attention the most. And then okay. consider that and look for that inner confirmation that says, yeah, this is the right okay. one next. Because if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Right. And that's just cliche, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Heather, what's your take on that? All right. uh, All right. Elizabeth, I'm going to give you like $1,000 for coaching right now. Are you ready? Okay. Are you sure you're ready? I just finished what I was writing, and now I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) Leslie is so right. When you start to get to some of these higher vibrations and levels and thinking, it's almost like in the beginning you've got your 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 head under a faucet just waiting for a drip, and mm-hmm. then suddenly it is a fire hose flow of information, ideas, and possibilities. When I look at the world, there's nothing that's impossible. Nothing. Everything becomes an option. Everything becomes right. something that I can do. Right. The one thing that has changed my life, the one principle more than anything else 
is to get really clear on the line of communication between myself and my creator, to know what that inspiration is and that voice and that direction and be able to discern it from all other voices Mm-hmm. And then to know, number two, what is my next step? Right. That's all. Because you, you need to know the vision, yes, and you need to know the possibility. Mm-hmm. And all I really needed to know after I had that vision was what is my next step. And if you can just focus on that and get right nailed down on accuracy and the present step that you are on, you will avoid the busyness, the distraction, and the stress and the overwhelming feelings that lead to shutdown. Okay, so getting clear on what voice that I'm hearing, finding the next step, and being clear on what the next step is. Yeah, that's it, really. What is it for me? Which one is for me? And Leslie said this before. She actually gave this coaching to me. You're in the flow of ideas all the time. So which one is for me? Which one's mine? And what's my next step? And you what really can I don't do need right to now? know much. About, yeah, well, you what don't need to do know a lot outside of that. And, and what, another, another saying, I love sayings. They help me keep my head straight. Another one that I love is God cannot steer a parked car. So right. whether or not you really know what the next thing is, just move on the one that, that you can do right now. And okay. if you're in the wrong direction, it won't take long before you'll figure that out and you'll in, in time to turn around and go back to the right place. But just okay. stay in motion. Probably for me, one of the most empowering things that I've learned is that the solution is already here around me. I love that. Go. Because yeah. whenever, when I get, and it's really funny because I started um, a really strenuous workout problem, uh, problem program called CrossFit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a problem too sometimes. Like but it's been really interesting how, and, I'm, and I was talking about this with my husband, how the rules of prosperity and my workout and my spiritual progress, and it's all tying in together. And things, it's like everything's attracting, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm attracting all of the things that I need to learn what I need to learn to be able to meet my goals and things like that. And it's really funny because when in my workout I apply these principles okay so I'm running around the track and I'm quite overweight right now and it hurts it's painful (laughs) to run and that's one of my reasons that I want to I want to get rid of that because I'm like I want to be comfortable I want to be mobile and comfortable and um well all you need to really do you just keep focusing on your goals and focusing on the next steps right I love it that you're doing it and that you're on your way right as I'm going through the track, what I've noticed is that if I focus on running or breathing instead of how tired I am, then I always make it. And that's all about focusing on the solution, which is something that I've learned here. Yeah. So, awesome. awesome. Thank you for that. Well, thank you so much. Have, and have a great night. It was awesome to have you. Thanks. Um, all right. Let's hear from somebody else. It looks like we have um, last name Jose. Okay, actually, that's me. I'm Anita. <laughs> My husband Hi, is so how are you? <laughs> Great. There you go. <laughs> you know what? You girls make me feel so sane. 
I love it because it's like all that you've been talking about the the uh, the flow of ideas and all the creativity and I've I've battled with that for such a long time feeling like I was totally crazy and oh, it's like just so many ideas would come so many ideas would come and it's like what's wrong with me and then I'd tell my husband it's like I got all these ideas he goes oh no not another one <laughs> he get really worried and scared and sometimes I would start them and not finish them and then before you know it another idea came in it's like Lord what are I all what are all these ideas here for what what am I supposed to do with them and not really knowing where to even begin. It's like going to a buffet and feeling like we have to eat all the food there. Yes. (laughs) It's not our job. (laughs) Yeah. Some of the things, um, Heather, uh, it's it's amazing how God has put both of you into my path with Jack Rabbit, and then I found uh, I don't know how God put Heather in, into my path as well. But um, looking at your websites, they've been such an encouragement to me. Yeah. And everything that we do is always people and purpose centered and driven, because mm-hmm. that is the highest value. It there is no higher currency mm-hmm. than what exists inside of people, and yet. We live in a physical dimension where somebody has to pay the electrical bill. And, and what we create is tied often in one of those levels or dimension is money, mm-hmm. which is, I think, the lowest currency of exchange, but it happens to be a required one. Mm-hmm. So you don't just get 10 people that you coach. You can actually, for that time, which is valuable, but now it's not just $100, it's $1,000. Mm. Well, for example, did you say your name was Anita? Yes. Okay, so for example, let's say you go, I, I went into my master bathroom, which is the lighting is so good in there. I love my master bathroom, and it's kind of weird to, I think, film in your bathroom, but I'm you know, <laughs> fully clothed in the sunlight there. And, and I filmed a, a little clip on how to do video blogging, which you saw probably, and then how to stay God and family-centered. Mm-hmm. And then I put those up on YouTube, we had over 2,000 hits on each of those videos mm. while I was playing with my kids or shopping or dating my husband or coaching mm. somebody else. So that's the principle of leverage. Right. And I've had this burning in my heart for, oh, close to two years now and always feeling like, why can't this happen? Why? And I, I started business card. I do that. But then there's a block. There's a block. There's a block. And, and um Finally feeling like, wow, I can reach more people. Like you said, getting tired of it, feeling like I wish I could get this information out. Like there's a song in my heart that needs to be sung. <laughs> and yeah, I think one of you said yeah. that before. Um, and at another time I heard one of the videos or something, don't die with the song still in your heart. And um, and it's like, no, I, I want to sing this song. And I, I, I've been told by so many people, Anita, you really need to be on TV or something. You know, and it's like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, a video blog would be tremendous. Well, you're in the right place that as people like you get your talent out, and I want to share this with everyone on the phone, this is the heart to take your gifts, your message, your talent that will make other people's lives better. Mm. The more you're able to do that, the more that each of you give and live your contribution, Mm. our world begins to change. And this is how living from that purpose and sharing it with as many people as they can. And honestly, my own path of that is the most spiritual, empowering journey that I have ever had next mm. to my family and my house. Yeah. My family, inside my house, my husband and my children. Mm-hmm. Because it connects you, just like Leslie and I have been talking about, it connects you to people, it connects you to God. You have to face every fear that you've had. You've got to face every false belief. 
every handicap, every block, and then you overcome it and you expand and grow, you change, other people change, and the whole world mm-hmm. becomes better and starts to change also. So thank you so much. Leslie, was there anything you wanted to add or should we, we jump on something else? Yeah, let me just say this. I want to call out the point that you made about leverage. I hope everybody caught that, that you can only go so far when you're trading time for one-on-one influence with a person. And with the programs that Heather's put together to help you leverage your time through the Internet and those kinds of things, powerful, powerful. And when you're ready, I also want to make sure you're aware of what you can do with having a book, becoming an author, something that we had not planned on mentioning on this call. And, Heather, I hope it's okay that I throw this out there. No, do, please. There's also the profitable author that helps people take their books and become bestsellers. We show you all the tips and tricks for taking your message and creating a six-figure income from it through a book. And you're going to want all of it eventually. Don't get overwhelmed. Take the next step that makes the most sense to you. But these are all tools to help you leverage so that ultimately you can achieve all those goals that you have in mind. Awesome. Anita, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm excited. (laughs) Can't wait to hear from you again. All right, I know we had a couple other people. Go ahead and, and hit star six. I would love to. Leslie, are you okay to stay a couple more minutes? We're getting such yep. great callers, and this has been a lot of fun for, for me. This has been great. Yeah. Hello? All right, yes. go ahead. Yes. Hi, it, this is Julie. Go. Hi. What can we help you with? Okay, so I have a product, and um, I've been an entrepreneur for a while, but I've had some personal tragedies happen in my family and things like that. So. I've kind of been set back, and the actual bag came from inspiration from my father's cancer and things like that. But I get overwhelmed, and, like, will these types, the boot camp and your stuff, Heather, also help with me? Like, I get really overwhelmed because I'm still dealing with some grief and stuff like that, and then my business, and oh, I'm yeah. you know, a, a, a single mom. And I'm get, getting a lot of PR right now, and then I get in the future, and I'm like, what am I going to do if... Oprah's magazine does feature it, and then um, I don't have the bags, and who's going to wait, you know, three or four months for for my bags from China? Then they'll think I'm a flake, and then I go down that road, and then I kind of come back and go, no, then they might think, oh, what a cool bag if if we have to wait. You know, I mean, I don't know. So would right. you help me do. with this? Uh, take a deep breath. Yep, take a deep breath. <laughs> Breathe in. Uh, Breathe all right. Take another deep breath. For me. One more breath in. All right, so what I'm going to invite you to do is to stay in the present moment, and I want you just to even close your eyes for just a second, and I want you to just take one more deep breath in, and I want you to feel a feeling of well-being that's inside, that's around you. There's so many thoughts and scenarios running through your mind. Those thoughts, um, I actually felt some anxiety as you were sharing them. And so I would guess that to actually have those running through your mind would also create a lot of anxiety for you. So Mm -hmm. the first thing that I want you to do, and I have a lot of love and compassion for you because I've actually seen your product, which is It's What You Got Bags, a beautiful product. It's it's stunning. I'm so impressed with it. And it sounds Mm -hmm. like you've got some grief and it sounds like you've got some stressors in your life from being a single mom, and it Mm -hmm. sounds like you've got some amazing opportunities ahead of you. (laughs) So what I would do 
is I would just focus on being present for a second and finding a place of peace and connecting to that in you so that you can handle all of those things. And I want you to almost imagine that you've got like a circle around you, like a protective bubble or sphere. And inside of that is just you and a piece that is supporting you. And that there's nothing that's going to happen that is going to be bad or tragic for you with your business. Even though you've had past experiences like that, it sounds like it. Mm-hmm. That I think I bring the fear from my personal into my business. Yes, you have. Because you have the loss of the father. It sounds like the loss of the marriage. And now you're projecting that as what's going to happen, another tragic trauma or loss with your business. So I would really like, I know that um, you've actually, I believe that you've actually talked to John, which is one of my coaches, and I would really love to have you in the boot camp because we're going to teach you and help you with some tools, like some practical tools with watching your thoughts. I actually am really excited about this content that will help you still your mind and your thinking and get to more peace. And remember what we said earlier, connecting to the highest source and Mm -hmm. then focusing on the next step. And I want to tell you one more thing. You can handle everything that's happened. And you are strong, extremely strong, and extremely creative and very powerful, and I feel that from you. And you can handle this path. You can handle everything in your life, and you are going to continue to be able to handle it. So what are you hearing me say right now? I I like the support. Thank you. Um, that everything's going to be okay, that things will work out. Um, that, you know, that I, I, I can learn and, you know, skills to help me with the anxiety about everything that's happened and, and get through it okay and still have the success. Yeah. There's a lot of release in there from some of those experiences that are really affecting and I know that you'll be able to do it. And there's more to do. And I, I invite you to, to do that work on some of those experiences, and we can help you with that if we're the right fit for you. Or, But there is some things to clear. And as you clear it, you're going to move forward really, really quickly. It'll be so easy because you are supernova. Absolutely. Leslie, what are your thoughts here? Well, I had an image come to my mind, two images actually. One of them is I thought back to when a person is learning how to swim and maybe they're thrown into water and they don't feel prepared, their instinct says thrash and panic because they're going down, they're going under, and they're afraid that they won't be able to stay above water. And when you teach somebody to swim, the first thing you have to teach them is to relax. And I know that when you're in the middle of a storm or in the middle of anxiety and grief and these kinds of things, it can feel like taking the time to breathe and relax might create more problems because you're not attending to certain concerns. But if you remember what that image of someone swimming, the relaxing is the very first step to floating. And Mm -hmm. keeping your chin up is another recommendation when you're teaching someone to swim. You have to, number one, relax. You need to keep your chin up, and that can be a metaphor. And so that right there can hold your world together. Just relaxing holds your world together. And then the second image I saw in my head was a picture of imagine being a surfer 
uh, barreling through one of those wave tunnels on a surfboard where the wave is turbulent, it's powerful, it could crush you, it could kill you, it could pull you under. But the surfer, in order to zoom through that wave tube, he has to focus on where he's going and trust that it is that turbulence that propels him. That mm. if he were to turn and try to stop it or avoid it or any of that, it would be his doom. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it is the power that propels him forward. And so remember that everything that you have on your plate, everything that you're trying to do can feel like storms and turbulence, but remember that it's the good that propels you forward as you stay focused on where you're going. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, we're going to keep in contact with you. I really love hearing from you. And All right, let's do one more, and then we'll wrap it up. Anyone else? Go ahead and hit star six. That will put you off mute. Is mine working? Yes, is you are. Working? Go for it. My name is Michelle. I am a mom. Like, I don't know that I have any stellar ideas for making money, but I've been applying a lot of these ideas just to life because we homeschool our two older girls that are 13 and 12, and then my boys are 10 and 6. They weren't doing very well, so they're actually at school. And then I have a two-year-old, so my house is busy and lots of fun. But my question is, how do you two as moms find time to educate yourselves, to find things that you're passionate about? And, I mean, is that like a scheduling thing or is that just you get up at 3 in the morning because that's when everybody's sleeping? And what, How do you guys do that? You would not be impressed, Michelle. <laughs> you would not be <laughs> impressed. And I also homeschool. Right now I, I've got six of my children. Six out of seven of my children are homeschooled. A few of them we just added to the mix recently because they decided to come home with the rest of them. But I just fill in where I can. And, and actually, maybe it's just my own method of homeschooling, but I feel that as the children see me pursuing and working on projects and helping people, that that's an education in itself. And so I realized that there was a big shift that happened in my family and in my life when I stopped apologizing for the work that I did. I used to say, okay, uh, kids, I'm really sorry I'm not spending more time with you. I've got this that I'm working on. When it's done, things will be different. When it's done, things will be better. It's almost done. And I would say that for years because in my mind, I didn't think it was going to take as long to develop the systems that I developed. You know, it was thought, oh, any day now, we're going to be done any day now. And, and that turned out to be a real negative with the family. And I was living in guilt and it was a real tough time until I was at an event where Sharon Lecter, she is the, actually the co-author for Rich Dad, Poor Dad, she said she had everybody stand up on their on their feet and she said, okay, now balance between both feet. Just stand square over your feet. And she said, now check the energy in the room. How does it feel? And it was very solid and strong. She said, okay, now I want you to shift from one foot to the other, just kind of rock back and forth. And the movement in the room gave the room a different feel. And she said, balance is kind of a myth. A perfectly balanced person can never go anywhere. You shift from one foot and you swing to the other. You shift from one to the other. And so how I did my work and how I still do my work is when the work needs to be done, I do it. And the kids see that and they have their own work and it's a lot of independent study going on. And, in fact, my daughter, who's 12, she has become 
the family cook. Sometimes we only eat because she cooked, because I was so busy working on something that the family wasn't going to eat unless somebody did something about it, and she stepped forward. I think that's an okay education, <laughs> you know, in, in its own way. And uh, when I stopped apologizing for the way things were, and I started saying, hey, guys, look what I'm doing. Look what it's doing. Look how it's helping people. Look what this does. I need your help. Let's do this together. And I pulled them into it as much as possible they stopped complaining. They started being excited with me. And it was just a change of perception. The actual work didn't really change, but their perception about it changed. And their attitude changed when mine did. When I stopped apologizing and started telling them and helping them understand what it was for. And honestly, I never was looking for a career. I didn't ever want one. All I wanted to be was mom. But life had a way of taking me through certain experiences that brought me to a place where I felt duty-bound to share what I had learned. And so when so my children, well, thank you. When my children see me doing something that isn't always comfortable, they see me wrestling with my own issues, and they see me doing it anyway. I think that's teaching them something as well. So that's my take on it, Heather. Absolutely. Amazing. And what I would add to that, and I'll add just a little bit, I think everything is about intent. And and if I could be really open and honest and vulnerable, um, I had a belief that if I did anything that wasn't directly for my family, that it was selfish. And that belief was doing for me what Leslie was also sharing. It was... Um, the energy of guilt. And I really um, came to know a couple of things. I came to know who I am eternally and what my purpose on the earth is and that it's multifaceted, that I'm here to learn, I'm here to grow, I'm here to share. That feels like a quote-unquote calling to me. It does. And also being a mother is obviously the same not more. I have really come into my own experience with that. Every morning, honestly, I just, I could be this open and vulnerable on the call. I really come in prayer and ask to be guided that day what I do. And that everything I focus on is about accuracy, always doing the highest and the very best thing. And so I have cut out a lot of things. And I have my intention is that everything that I do will either be growing myself, growing my family, or growing other people. And it's just, it's so much wisdom. I know that everybody, if somebody told me that a year ago, I'd be like, that's crazy. I could never actually do that. But I set my intention that there would be enough for me, for my family. And honestly, I feel that there is. I feel that my family is closer. I feel that they are better. I feel that... When my kids look at me and one of my sons says, I want to write a book, he looks at a mom who absolutely 100% believes in him and knows he can and can also help him how, show him how, which which is not something I ever could have done had I not grown my own self and my own life, but been really disciplined also to turn off the work, say no, say no to speaking things, say no, which I just did. Just next I did week, too. In a couple weeks. We both did. I know. We both did. We were both. I was dying to go, and it was no. This will stress out the family. So, no. So, is that helping you at all? 
Yes. Yes, because my husband yeah. is amazing. And when our three oldest were little, he instigated a Wednesday night was my night out type of thing so that Good. I could go to the library. I could go and do stuff just Good. on my own. So that Good. I at least had a little space where I felt like I wasn't being selfish because he kicked me out. He's like, we will go and do something for you. Go away. And you are and, better for it. You are better oh, yes. for it. Yes. I, I'm sure I probably would have had a mental breakdown before if he hadn't done that because he's just one of those amazing people. But I was just wondering, because you guys both seem to have done an amazing amount in a small amount of time, so I was wondering if you had a lot of time during the day where you were doing things as well. So that did answer that. So thank you. And also, to be honest with you, I um, some of my most productive time is between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Not my, and, just so you know. Yeah, I'm like, I'm a morning person. I'm, I, I can get up at 5, and I'm good. But my kids don't get up until 7 or 8. So yeah. Yeah, so it oh, yeah. it is waiting sometimes until those quiet times. A lot of the work I do is right smack in the middle of the day while the kids are doing their thing too. Sometimes we do it side by side, you know. But I have a firm belief that even my children have a purpose to fulfill, and it will be up to them to come to that and discover that. And then hopefully by what they've seen my husband and I do, they will not hesitate to pursue it and to fulfill it. And that's my objective for my family. And I'm starting to see that kind of come to with some of my older ones especially. And it's amazing to watch. I have one daughter. I, I was looking through my camera, my flip camera, and noticed that my 7-year-old and my 4-year-old went out on the balcony and started videotaping a talk show that they were teaching how people how oh. to take care of animals. And I thought, oh. isn't that fun? I didn't teach them to do that, but they saw me do it, so they just started teaching people what they knew and it was it was a precious moment precious awesome well thank well, you thank so you. much thank you leslie this has been amazing i have had so much fun this is really fun we got to keep doing this this is this has been great any last words from you oh just everybody take a deep breath i know that even what we've shared on this call is probably overwhelming but take a deep breath and just pick the next step what are you going to do next are you going to are you going to register for something to stay plugged in so that we can help you take you step-by-step step through these processes? If there's something else that you feel compelled to do, just make a commitment to yourself to do it one step at a time. It's, you're not going to see the whole picture all at once, all the time. And, and honestly, at least in my world, I'm grateful I don't because once in a while when I get a glimpse, it, it overwhelms me so much I just go to bed and don't want to get out of bed. It's too scary. And so I'm grateful that sometimes I can only see a little bit at a time. Or I, I don't know where I'm going, don't know what I have to do, but I know what I can do now. I know what I can do next. And just take it one step at a time. Great call. Love you, Leslie. Love to everyone. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Good night, everyone. All right. Bye-bye. This concludes today's episode of the Rare Faith Podcast. You've been listening to Leslie Householder, author of The Jackrabbit Factor, Portal to Genius, and Hidden Treasures, Heaven's Astonishing Help with Your Money Matters. All three books can be downloaded free at a rarekindoffaith.com. So tell your friends and join Leslie again next time as she goes even deeper into the principles that will help you change your life.